Welcome to Staff Picks, the podcast for movie nerds by movie nerds. As always, I'm Mario Lanza, and I am your host on our journey through the movies out there that just need a little more love. And our movie in this episode is a special one because it is a first. This is the first time I have ever done a documentary on Staff Picks which uh, will lead to uh, a little different dynamic than usual. The documentary, obviously, a true story told with true footage. And the one that we are talking about is a 2005 documentary called Grizzly Man, which is one of those movies you see once and you are never going to forget, either for good reasons or bad reasons. And I've been dying to talk about this one for a while just because it's, it's like an inkblot test. You watch it, and then you tell me what you think of it. It's, it's, there's various interpretations of this movie. Is it the saddest documentary ever, or is it the goofiest, or is it the most unintentionally funny one ever? So that is what we will delve into here. My guest for this one, I have had her on the show before. I uh, like to call her my bodyguard. She is my therapist, or not specifically my therapist, but she used to be a therapist. And like, whenever I run into a reader or a listener who I believe has mental issues, I will run to her and say, please diagnose this person for me and protect me from them. So she is an absolutely perfect person to talk about Grizzly Man because it involves mental illness. Welcome back to the show, Leanne Lindsley. Hi, Mario. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to talk about this. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Now, why? Why? Just right at the top of the show here, why is this one of your favorite movies? Well, so I became obsessed with this story. I saw it the first for the first time in 2004. It was a Vanity Fair article called, let me see, I wrote it down, um, the man, the man who loved grizzlies. And I read this article and I was automatically enthralled um, with, with Timmy Treadwell and his whole story. It was crazy. I, I became a little obsessed, which I want to do. And so then I started to research more. And there was like they put out a couple quick books because obviously this was after spoiler alert, he died. Um, but I read a couple books. And then when, when I found out this film was coming out, I was so excited. And I remember I had to go into Manhattan to see it from New Jersey. It was, it was the only place it was playing. And it was just so exciting to me, everything about it. And I, I have different feelings about Timmy than I did when I first read it. So we can get into that. But that's, that's what, how my interest was first peaked. Okay, so you have a far more extensive background. I will, <laughs> I will just say that I uh, I read Bill Simmons a lot. I don't know if you know Bill Simmons. He's an online pop culture guy, and he was a big fan of this movie, except he billed it as the most unintentionally funny movie you're ever going to see. You have to see this to believe it. And so I just rented it with my wife, and I watched it, and we were like, what the hell did we just watch? Which is right. probably not unlike your first reaction to the story. <laughs> right, right. Um and, you know, I've watched it quite a few times preparing for this. And every time I, I take away something a little different, I, I, I mean, <laughs> the, the extent of the mental illness is, is just completely evident, right? When you're watching the movie, <laughs> putting it lightly. I like, I like, like that you're cleaning up your language for the podcast. That's not how <laughs> Leah normally describes him. No, no, he's totally fucked up. He is. And there's like, you know, 10 different versions of the same guy and he's clearly just um i wrote down some mario words by the way too for this. i have i i did um so there's anthropomorphism pomorphism which is giving human um traits to animals and what did you say transmogrify that yeah transmogrify your... yeah <laughs> okay let's 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 describe this movie to people who have never seen it before i will give you the short version this guy timmy treadwell did not like society. He was an actor, a, what else was he? Just a all around. Uh... So he was, all right. So, so, so he grew up in Long Island, like a very normal family, one of four kids, but he didn't when, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself. One of four kids, normal family, went to college on a swimming scholarship. And when he got to college, he started drinking. He started using things like that, hurt his back and lost his scholarship and went home. And then went to California and tried to be an actor. So, you know, he claims that and he changed his name. He changed his story, said he was an orphan from Australia. He had this fake accent. And um, and then he, he said he was just lost out to Woody Harrelson for the bartender part in Cheers, stuff like that. And it broke so that, him. That's what broke yeah. him. 
that's what broke him the cheers part yeah so and he was a drug addict like he he um he had an almost fatal overdose on you know heroin and cocaine and his come to Jesus morning m- moment was like the bears, like that became his thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. To sum up the rest of and the rest of this, uh, the story after that is the movie is that he goes out and he decides he doesn't want to be a part of society. So he goes to Alaska and he lives with the bears and he decides he is going to become the protector of all bears. And he likes bears more than humans. So he spends 13 years up in or summers, 13 summers, yeah. Yes. 13 summers up in Alaska with the bears where he uh, anthropomorphizes, whatever that word is. He, he turns them into humans. He starts talking to them like they're humans. And we see this in the movie. It's all the footage of him talking to the bears, interacting, playing with the bears, having fantasies about the bears. And then, spoiler, guess what happens to him at the end, Leanne? He gets eaten. What? How dare you? I know. No one saw that one coming. So, no, he lived there for – I really just think he was the luckiest – idiot <laughs> and there was a quote one there was one quote from one of the alaskan guys who was like i think the bears just didn't bother him because they thought he was mentally retarded <laughs> so, so so yeah um i mean he was very lucky he was touching them he was you know na- naming them mr chocolate and wendy and tabitha and like like little puppet and talking to them you know, oh, you're a big bear. You're a big bear. Like, you know, just not that they're a thousand pounds, right? And <laughs> 10 feet. <laughs> there's there, there's so many levels of tragedy and comedy and irony in this movie. And we're going to get into some of them. But yeah, the story itself is goofy. This guy goes and lives with bears and pretends he's a bear. And at the end, spoiler, he's eaten by bears. Right. Which, it's a sad story. And again, this doc, it's a doc- documentary about his life when it's sad in a way. But the way it is presented in this movie, uh-huh. I don't know how anybody can watch this and not just laugh in spite of themselves, even if you're trying not to. Right. I know. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the first time I saw it, I didn't, I didn't see the humor as much. I don't know what I thought. Um, there are some very disturbing parts too, but yeah, it, it is unintentionally funny. He's funny. He's just, and he's obviously like, so this is pre-social media, right? But he's doing like the biggest selfie and self-promotion and Vine or whatever of all time. A, a hundred hours of footage he filmed of himself and the bears. hundred hours. And we saw two hours of it. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, imagine all the, the mental insanity that was cut. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Well, the other thing about this movie, again, the story itself is either tragic or hilarious, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. But it's made by acclaimed film director Werner Herzog, famous German director. And this, I remember when Bill Simmons talked about this movie, this is the part that he loved about it, is that it's narrated by Werner Herzog, who has this really thick German accent, mm-hmm. and he sounds like Schwarzenegger. He does. It's it's really interesting to hear him waxing poetic about Timmy Treadwell while it sounds like he's doing a Schwarzenegger impression. I know. And every time he says the bears, he sounds like the guy from Saturday Night Live to me. That's all I could think of. The bears. He was consumed by the bears. So, this is horrible. We're already pissing off any of Timmy's friends who my I, my listener my listener base is all Timmy Treadwell fans out there. I know as 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 happens. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So we'll get into this in a second. But it's there's no way we're going to be respectful. I apologize. It's a it's a terrible story, a horrible story. But goddamn, is this? It's like a mockumentary when you watch it. And that's the one word I kept writing in my notes. This feels like a Christopher Guest movie. Yeah, I, so I wasn't sure what Werner's take was, really, um, because I think he admired him as a filmmaker. He appreciated all of the footage that he got, because it really is incredible. Um, but, you know, by the same token, he's like, you know, he tried to he tried to ascribe these human characteristics to bears. And he's like, you know, no, that they're they will eat and kill you. They don't care. <laughs> there's just the in- cruel indifference of nature. Mr. Chocolate. Mist, how dare you besmirch the name of Mr. Chocolate? <laughs> or Wendy. Yes. But I'm just off the top of my head. We'll get into this in a second. But there's passages in this movie where they they cut to someone standing there and like they're ready to talk in a documentary. 
but they leave the camera on them a little too long before they start talking. And I'm like, that's like, that's like what Penn and Teller used to do in their episodes of bullshit to make people look stupid. <laughs> and some of the voiceovers, like Werner Herzog will come in and say, this is the bucket that they found Timmy's head in. <laughs> like, God, how do I not laugh at that line? Come on. I know, I know. They took four garbage bags of their bodies out. Four. It's like, oh no! Like, you know, it's so much. It's so much worse than than seeing it would be. Thank you for describing it, Mr. Herzog. <laughs> Timmy was extruded out like Play-Doh. <laughs> Just his hand with his with his watch and. His, his not and just his head and part of his spinal cord and not only that his head was disfigured like wait what so what did you find <laughs> sorry it's, Le- this is terrible you're such a bad influence on me Leah. I, know. I will oh my God. just before we sum this up before we before we uh walk through the plot of this movie i just want to give people a quick, quick story that i know will get a good laugh is that a couple months ago, I told Leanne I wanted to do a Staff Picks episode with her. And she's like, oh, what movie? And I said, how about Grizzly Man? And the first thing out of her mouth was, that guy was fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew you were perfect for this movie. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I guess you didn't know the, the extent of my obsession with him. So <laughs> Was he your Mr. Chocolate? <laughs> he was my wendy oh, oh yeah yeah we'll get to the part where he starts fetishing the bears later and he starts handling their poop as if it's a sexual object right right okay. right <laughs> and I, yeah i don't want <laughs> it's too late it's terrible I, it's, it's, <laughs> I can't we can't unring this bell so I, let's just go <laughs> yeah uh, i preemptively apologize to anybody who finds this a terribly moving and sad story because it's so goofy we have, i apologize well, all right. So here's the thing. Here's the other thing. And I don't know if you were getting to this, but so he 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 uh, called himself the kind warrior. I am the their only protector. He was in a protected park. So he went into an area that they were already protected in. Yes, he was, you know, and 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 also he that he and another spoiler, some he wasn't the only one killed, but they were the first deaths in that park in 85 years by bear. So. Yeah, there's a couple levels of irony. We'll get to this in the movie, but not only did he get himself and his girlfriend killed, the first deaths by bear in the park in years, but he was there to protect the bears, but anytime someone would attack the bears, Timmy would hide. <laughs> so he wasn't allowed to do anything because he'd be thrown out of the park. So he actually not, technically did not protect anybody, and then after he was killed, they shot and killed the bear that killed him, thus making the park required to kill the, for their first bear in like 85 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a big fan of bears and irony. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> let's walk through this again this 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 movie's a documentary and it's not really presented like sequentially in chronological order it kind of jumps around so it's going to be kind of tough to talk about well, we will pick out our favorite scenes because because lord knows we both have a lot of favorite scenes in this movie uh, first of all the the amount of foreshadowing right from the beginning i mean some of it is like like he says um they could decapitate me chop me into little pieces like and they say that a bunch of times um, my life is on the precipice of death. I will die for them. I will not die at their paws and claws, though. Um, I can smell death all over my fingers. That was in the first five minutes. Wait, he thought he would die because of them, but not from them? What did he think they were going to do? Accidentally sit on him? <laughs> I will die for them. Oh. I will not die at their paws and claws. Okay. No, you won't. They'll, they'll eat you, but... There's a lot of foreshadowing in this, or a.k.a. bear shadowing in this. But yeah, so we open in a shot, it's, and it's all footage that Timmy himself shot in Alaska, and it's very well done, it's very beautiful footage, and that, that is pointed out many times by Mr. Herzog through the movie. But we open with Timmy in the foreground, and there's a bunch of bears behind him, and it's footage from him in Alaska, and the bears, I wrote down, Leanne, I was very helpful, Ed and Rowdy are the opening scene bears. Yes, yes, they're, and they're, they're, they're sub-adults. <laughs> sub-adults, so they can only kill him a little slower than the other ones. Right, so he has to he has to puff himself up and say, "Go away, go away!" Oh my God! So yeah, the opening the opening shot is Timmy 
uh, facing up to these two fairly aggressive bears. And he tells us, I can't show weakness. I must hold my own. If I show weakness, I'm dead. And then he says, I am a kind warrior. I am like a flower. But if I'm challenged, the kind warrior becomes a samurai. So for people who have watched Survivor, he's coach, really. He is. Yes. He's totally coach. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is the opening scene of him, these bears threatening him and him puffing himself up and standing right in front of him. Again, these are giant grizzly bears who could have their way with him really easily, and they, they, they back down. And they do end up doing this for like 13 summers. Somehow he makes it that long. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe, and I'll I'll come to his name after. Maybe what what that guy said. Maybe they just thought there was something wrong with him. <laughs> did you catch that line? They did. Oh, of course, I caught that line, and we will get to that. I'm sorry. So we start with this beautiful footage of Timmy out in the na in, in nature, talking to bears and backing them down, and then we start getting the overdub from Werner Herzog, and like I don't remember his exact words. I didn't write down a lot of his stuff, but it's like. Timmy lived there for 13 summers. <laughs> he moved there to protect the bears and educate the public about them. Mm -hmm. Sought the primordial encounter, <laughs> but, but in doing so, crossed an invisible borderline. Like, yeah. It is a story of astonishing beauty and depth, culminating in a bear eating. <laughs> the bear. <laughs> okay, so, so, and then we cut to the next scene which is Timmy scolding a bear because there's a bear who's being mean and Timmy scolds it like a parent. Right. He's like the, to relax. Yeah. Just relax. You relax. And you're just a big bear. You're just a, like, he's right in his face like a dog. It's really like the mental illness is very evident, evident very quickly in this movie. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know. I go back and forth on what I think exactly his mental illness diagnosis would be. Okay. Um, but I, I, I do, I think, I heard somebody say that it, he, what he did ended up being suicide by bear. And I don't know if I, if I agree with that. You know, the classic diagnosis. <laughs> and on that old thing. You know. Anyway, um, yeah, he's, you're a big bear. You're a big boy. Like, and, and do you notice he repeats himself over and over and over again? Well, yeah, that's the other thing I think about this movie is that most of the footage is him just shooting himself. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. how lonely was this guy? He spent all this time. It's just him and bears. Right. Like, it's just, like, what's spiraling through his head? Like, what kind of reality did he live in? Because he had nobody else to talk to most of that time. Well, and he had fought the foxes. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I left out the foxes. Yeah. For people who haven't seen it, he has these friends, the foxes, that come up and he talks to his fox friends. Those are his best friends in the world. I love you. Thank you for being my friend. I love you. Yes. Although, <laughs> there's one scene where he practically gets in a slap fight with a fox because it steals his baseball cap. Yes. <laughs> Give me my fucking hat back. Give me my little fucker. That's when you know you've slid down the, the steep slope of mental illness when you were in a verbal altercation with a fox. Right, and the fox won. <laughs> the fox shuts him down. Yeah, fox <laughs> takes the hat into the den, motherfucker. <laughs> so, so we get a little backstory here where Werner Herzog says, Timmy was so childlike. Kids loved him. He never charged a fee. He became a, mam a natural celebrity. And we see, now you would know this story better than I would, that Timmy was, like, on Late Night with David Letterman uh -huh. and, like, The Tonight Show. And, like, before he died, obviously, but people knew, oh, this is the guy that goes and lives in the, in the Alaskan wilderness with the bears. And they'd have talk show clips of Letterman saying, you know you're going to die, right? And Timmy's like, yeah, I probably will. Like, he knew it. Well, and did you notice, I, I noticed this only the last time they had Keith Morrison from Dateline. Oh, good. Yeah, he was he was talking to Timmy. He's like, "Now what you're doing is crazy. You know that, right?" Yeah, probably. I think no. He said, "I I want to show how misunderstood these bears are." And Keith Morrison's just looking at him like shaking his head. Yeah, are we gonna hear about you one day? Yeah, they didn't have Chris Hansen to, from To Catch a Predator on there. Like, what did you think was gonna happen when you came up here to Alaska, Timmy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mr. Chocolate is only sixteen, Timmy. What did you think was gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> terrible these are terrible jokes leanne i know stop all right go ahead <laughs> so we get an interview with timmy's friend and again a lot of this is shot out of order and this is a friend who knows that timmy died 
and the, and the friend says, you know, one day my wife screamed and like Timmy was on TV and the guy's like, you know, I knew Timmy had died. It wasn't really a surprise though. Right. <laughs> so they kind of, every, all of his friends were like, yeah, he's going to be eaten by a bear one day. We just kind of know that. Yes. And when we get to the, to the end, like, I mean, he took even more chances than usual than, you know, than he normally did. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's get your diagnosis here then. That I will sum this up for people that Timmy spends all this time out in the uh, woods with the bears all these summers, and he starts escalating his behavior towards the end where he's taking riskier and riskier chances. Do you think he wanted to die? Was that his overall end game plan? So I don't know if it was a conscious decision. I think Tim, Timmy was an addict. I do. I think, you know, whatever, whatever made that. And then the, the bears became his addiction clearly. Right. So, Timmy did cocaine with the bears. <laughs> yes, the addiction was the bears. <laughs> the bears. Yeah. Um, Timmy was doing lines of coke with the bears with Mr. Chocolate. <laughs> but, wait, but so, so what the last two summers and for another thing that I don't know if I saw this in this documentary or if I read it somewhere else, but he did have like various women come stay with him mm-hmm. at different times, but he always wanted to create the illusion that he was alone. So in a hundred hours of footage, there are only two shots of the woman, Amy Huguenard, who ended up, um, you know, perishing along with him. And she was, so she was, I guess his girlfriend and she was there the last two summers. Mm-hmm. And so, so the very last summer, they were ready to leave, and October in Alaska is when bears hibernate, so they always left. he always left in September. They left, I guess they got to the airport in Alaska to go to California, and somebody, an agent at the airport questioned him, and he was like, you know, I hate the people world, I'm going back to the bears. So he went back, and there were two, I guess, uh, I'm going ahead of myself. There was two different sections of, there was the grizzly maze and the grizzly something else, right? Yeah, the um, sanctuary. Sanctuary. So the sanctuary was like where it was all nice and happy and no one was really stressing out. And the grizzly maze was more thick and there were different bears in there and it was closer to hibernation. So there's no way in hell anyone who knows bears would go and, and, and he had a tent that would like, you know, he, he just, he wanted to get as close to them. So it was right off of the path. He's there in the thick of, of the time where they're going to eat as much as possible. And they go back instead of leaving. They were, they could have been out and went back. Timmy. Yeah. Timmy's recklessness got him and Amy, his girlfriend killed. And like, mm-hmm. it's a very sad story and it's presented in it a is. sad way. This part of the movie is very sad, but I have to say for the, like I said, Bill Simmons pointing out the unintentional comedy in this movie. The fact that his last, the girlfriend's last name is Huginard, and Werner Herzog has to pronounce Huginard about 50 times in this movie. Like, couldn't she have been named Amy Smith, Amy Johnson? No, so the whole movie is... Huginard. And then Timmy, Timmy and Amy Huginard. Like, uh-huh. it's a very difficult name to pronounce, and you hear it many times. You do, you do. And um, I don't know if they said it in... in... In, in this movie, but you know, they were saying that she didn't, she was, she was afraid of bears, like bad, bad place to be. Maybe, I don't know, maybe bad, bad choice, but she's afraid of them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the worst boyfriend in the world. Like she's terrified of bears. So he has her go live in the woods with the bears with him and he gets her killed. So the worst boyfriend of the year, Timmy Treadwell. Yeah. 100%. Yes. And she was like, you know, I think he's on a death wish. And you know, you think, um, I think he's on a death wish and I'm, I'm going to leave him. And she spoke about it and it was like in his diaries and stuff like that. So, you know, (laughs) but she went back with him. So she did somehow. He's very charming. I guess we missed that part. Yeah. And it seems like women really loved him. Um, and the, I mean, they were weird women, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, you know, the the Ted Bundy's of the world getting the, the fan letters from women in prison that fall in love with him. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And well, they probably thought they could save him. Something's wrong with him. He's very childlike and innocent and I can help this guy. Right. Instead, he drags them to their bear death. 
That's not funny. I know. <laughs> it's like love connection. So, Amy Huguenard, you're going to be a second date with Timmy? No, he had me killed. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Worst date ever. <laughs> Amy Huguenard was not satisfied. She gave him a negative Yelp review. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, okay, well, I'll, I'll rein us back in here. Uh, thank you. Okay, so so we get a lot of footage here, a lot of shots here of Timmy interacting with the bears. There's one with Ollie, the big bear, and, and there's a scene where it's like a drought. There's a drought one summer, and Ollie is sitting by the river trying to get fish while the salmon will come through the river. And they there's no rain, so there's no river, so there's no salmon. And, like, Timmy is, like, crying over this. Uh-huh. Because he's like, look at this, this poor bear, he has no salmon. And, like, Timmy cannot grasp, but this is kind of the thing, he cannot grasp that there's a cycle of life out in nature. Right, right. That animals must eat each other. And this will come up later in the movie. It's very fascinating from a psychological perspective. Like, a bear will kill a fox, and Timmy's mind doesn't know how to react to that, so he has a breakdown. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, bears, when there's not enough food, they eat their young. And, like, he, you know, he's not... Not when he finds the, the, the he finds a um a baby bear skull and a paw and a claw or paw or whatever, and he's crying and I don't I don't understand I don't understand it's like well, <laughs> it's it's nature. Well, yeah, there's one scene in this I I kind of forget where it is in the movie where there's a Native American like this Native American elder and they interview him they think what do you think of this white man who lived out here in the, with the bears and was eaten and the guy's like. Native Americans know, do not do that. Like, right. We're smarter. We do not live with the bears. We know they have they were, their world, and we have ours. So he kind of got what he asked for. He said, yes, he said that. And he said, for 7,000 years, we have no, you know, we stay, basically we stay in our lane, they stay in theirs. And I think he did them more harm by humanizing them and, you know, breaking all these, all these rules and getting close to them, feeding them, you know, that, that's, that's not good for anybody, obviously. Um, so yeah. And he was making a good point. And there, again, through all of our jokes, there are a lot of interesting points to derive from this movie. One of them being, you probably shouldn't trespass in nature because you're not meant there. And like, yeah, like we have pointed out, he ends up doing more harm to the bears and to the ecosystem than he does good, even though he himself never, ever sees that. Right, right. Yeah, he can't, he can't, he, he has no clarity on, you know, as much as he wants to be a bear. And I, I mean, I think they said in, at one point, sometimes when visitors approached, he would make bear noises and like have a bear stance. And, you know, he thought he was a bear. That, that's really interesting because Werner, Mr. Herzog, points that out as well, that, that Timmy started to become a bear by the end. He started to become less and less human, and he would pick up bear characteristics. And, and Werner's like, you can see them in the footage. Like, he starts doing little bear things here. And like, it's so... Okay, so what what is your diagnosis? I know you hedged around it earlier. What exactly... What What is his diagnosis? All right, so... All right, so... So, Jewel, his other grizzly per- people person, the one who got his watch and his tape of you know that tape um she said he um he was put on medication and he went off the medication because he liked having the highs and lows and he didn't like having just a middle ground so that would be indicative of bipolar disorder um so I think maybe there was some of that but I think there were also definitely some narcissism some grandiosity Borderline, my favorite. Borderline. Now, borderline, that explain that to people. That is not people who are obsessed with the Madonna song Borderline, right? No, no. Well, they might be, but no, not necessarily. That that that's people who um who who yeah. No, he's not borderline. Actually, he's more. Um, I, I will explain what borderline is, though. It's they used to think it was borderline of um, neurosis and psychosis. Mm-hmm. But it's a personality disorder, mostly mostly has its origins in fear of abandonment. And people have really hard, a hard time with relationships, forming relationships, maintaining relationships. There's a lot of, you know, self-harming, addiction, different kinds of reckless behaviors that, that manifest. Okay. So, so that's not Timmy. No. <laughs> and is there anything in there about picking up bear poop and talking about how much you love it? Well, I mean... So, so 
I saw I saw that word. Wait, let me find it. Uh, what, bear poop? Anthropomorphism. Give me. No, no, that's weird. That's just weird. That's like a that's a fetish. Yeah, that's there is one scene. We'll get to that. It's my favorite scene in the movie. My wife cracks up every time we watch this movie and we get to it where these two bears fight. And then afterwards, one of the bears has taken a fresh dump. And Timmy walks over and he's like in awe of this fresh pile of bear poop. And he has to touch it and hold it. And he's, it's like steamy. And he's like, this was in her. This was part of her. Right. But no, I have to correct you. It wasn't the fighting scene, which was also a poop scene. <laughs> oh, no. I got my poop scenes mixed up. This is a different poop scene. This was when he just happened upon Wendy's poop. It was Wendy's poop. And he's like, oh, my God, it's Wendy's poop. This was just inside of her. I know it seems weird that I'm touching. And he's touching it. He's holding it. This is warm from her. So, yeah, I don't know. Do I, do I have to point out the irony that at the end of the movie he becomes bear poop? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, do I have to throw that out there? That joke is sitting there. It is. It really is. <laughs> okay, middle of the movie. We're in the middle of the movie here. We've got lots of footage. And now we get the pilots that eventually found Timmy's body the day that he died. Willie Fulton. Willie Fulton. Oh, good. You got his name. So Willie Fulton flew in. He was looking for, he was looking for Timmy and Amy Huginard. <laughs> and, and he noticed there was nobody there. And eventually they found Timmy's arm in a rib cage and Timmy's watch. And I think, like you said, part of his head, which uh-huh. I don't want to get too graphic, but the, the documentary is more than happy to point that out. Right. Although then we get footage and this is absolutely insane. We get Timmy's last known footage, which is like him with the bear that eventually kills him. The Grinch. Yep. Yep. No, it's Ollie. Is it Ollie or the Grinch? Did they do a CSI on this? Ollie. Ollie. It's Ollie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and Werner is like, this is a bear that Timmy didn't even like. He didn't like this bear at all. He was scared of him. I know. And, and uh, Willie Fulton called him a, a dirty, rotten bear that Timmy didn't. That <laughs> Timmy tried to be friends with Buddy Wade. He was a dirty, rotten bear. But <laughs> Okay. And here is the quote you mentioned earlier. And again, all this is real footage. It feels like a mockumentary, but it's not. And the, they have to interview the pilot that found Timmy's body after he had been eaten by the bear. And the Timmy and the pilot says, first, he's like, the only tragedy in this story is that the girl died, too. He's like, I don't care about Timmy. He got what he asked for. But the, uh, t- but the girl, that was unnecessary. Right. And here's the quote, and I'm sure you will love me. I will quote this word for word. In my opinion, the only reason Timmy lasted as long as he did was the Bears thought something was wrong with him. He was maybe mentally retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It it is possible. I don't know if you can diagnose Bears from here, but the the Bears possibly did think that, I would guess. (laughs) Like, this guy's not behaving like a human. I don't even know what he is. Leave him alone. Right, right. I don't know. Okay, so let's go through the controversy. So, so again, it's all shot in flashback. We know Timmy's died. Okay, wait a minute. I have to, I have to, I want to, two other things, and you might be getting to them on your own time. Okay, go but for it. The autopsy guy, Frank Felico. The autopsy guy. Yeah, he's the one where they cut to him, and the camera lingers on him for way too long before the, the, the shot opens. And... And his affect does not ima- does not match the words he's saying at all. <laughs> all right, so explain that. I don't remember that off the top of my head. Oh my god! So so he was fir- first. He was the guy who gave Jewel the watch, right? So he gave her the watch, and just I noticed right away that he just seemed a little. There was something off about his delivery with all of it. Like it was pretty grim stuff that he was saying, and he was like almost. Almost giddy. <laughs> giddy. It's like a uh, Pulp Fiction speech about the gold watch. Like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. I wore this this gold watch without to up this bear's ass for three weeks. Here it is. Yes. It's, I, I wrote down Pulp Fiction because it was. It was like, oh, here you go. Oh, still ticking. Oh, this is the last thing. I hope, it, I hope you can wear it for a long time. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> But this watch passed through the bear's anus. <laughs> still ticking. It's still working. It's like a commercial for Timex. I know. So Frank Felico, he he's like he he opens this big canister and he goes, "The remains are in this can. There's one plastic bag for each of them." And he's like. 
detached human being. The the affect was just there was he there was it was not it did not match the words that were coming out of his mouth. This is the bucket they found Timmy in. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> well yeah i just i remember that scene that that coroner scene is just weird and that's the one they like are they putting us on are this is this a comedy documentary there's no way because i remember like i i brought up penn and teller bullshit that documentary have you ever seen that show before yeah you you told me about it when we first started talking about this and i watched it yeah it's, it's very similar for people who've never seen bullshit they love to make fun of their subjects and what they do is they'll cut to somebody and the camera will linger on them for an uncomfortable amount of time, like 30 seconds before they start talking. And Penn, Penn Gillette will usually open the scene with, and then there's this asshole, <laughs> which I always keep thinking they're going to do in this movie because it feels like it. It does. It does feel like that. Well, and then, then there's the scene when Werner's listening to the tape. There. So do, do you want to talk about that? Well, I'll just set it up. There is an audio tape. The day that Timmy was consumed by the bear, he left his camera running, but not the video, just the audio. So there's a whole audio tape of you hear his excruciating death as he and Amy Huguenard are eaten. And we have footage of the friends and Werner Herzog listening to this tape. Mm -hmm. and, and Werner, when he's done, he hands it back to Jewel. You must not, you must never listen. You must never look at the photos. Like, so... What would you do if someone said that to you? I would probably not listen and not look at the photos right away, but there's no way I'm never going to look at them. No, I know. I know. Come on. It's like Bluebeard. Do not look. Do not look in that closet ever. I know. It's like, you, you must promise me you will never look. I, I, I was like, oh, my God, I want to I hear it. I, I don't. I don't. They describe it. Yeah, we never hear it. In the movie, there's nothing in this movie that's especially graphic or violent. It's all described. But, yeah, you watch people listening to the tape of Timmy being eaten as he's screaming, and you see their facial reactions. And it's, right. it's an odd scene. It, it is. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's horrifying. And, it, and everyone, I've heard multiple people who have heard it, you know, the pilot and the first park person, and they're like, you, you can't unhear it. It's horrific. And, you know, I, I can't even imagine, but that was just like the way Werner was saying it. It was just, no, I need, I need, I need to hear it. Okay. So through the middle of this movie, there's a big controversy. And I, I love this because like we meet all of uh, uh, Timmy's friends and they're all talking about, oh, Timmy used to get hate mail all the time from these environmentalists, from like left-wing people and right-wing people that all hated him. They're like, who's this wacko? You're living out in the, in the woods. You're endangering these bears. People called him a liberal wacko, a fake environmentalist. And, and it, like it was, it, Werner presents it that Timmy was very popular and well-loved, but his friends all say, oh, everybody hated Timmy and they sent him hate mail. I don't know. I don't remember the controversy when he was alive because I didn't know about him really then. But after many, many people were like, this guy's an idiot. He got what he deserved. And then there are other people like the Grizzly people, um, which was the company, the foundation that he started with Jewel, who we've referenced. And they're saying, you know, he did so much good. He, you know, protected these bears and these spots that no one else was protecting. But kind of as the, this documentary points out, they were already in a protected place. Yeah. Who was he protecting? Right. And and there's a scene in the movie where he's ranting against the park services. So so he kind of they, they kind of let him do his thing for a long time, but he kept pushing it. So they made the Timmy Treadwell rule, which was you had to move a mile every week once a week you had to move a mi you move your camp a mile mm -hmm. and he wouldn't do that because otherwise i can't protect them i can't do this i can't do that and he wasn't supposed to stay 100 yards away from them and you know he's was all up on him so yeah let, let's let's talk about that for a second yeah the the park service the alaskan park service and timmy treadwell had a little game a little dance they did every day like the uh the, what is that cartoon with the, the dog and the wolf that punch you at the beginning of each day and then they're enemies and then they punch out? Like, <laughs> yeah. Every 
every day, Timmy would go up there and pretend that he's protecting the bears. Or Bugs Bunny and the Roadrunner. Yeah. yeah. And the Park Service would pretend they don't know where he is or what he's doing, even though they're supposed to kick him out. He's not supposed to be there. And so it was all just a big charade. And right. again, we get to, we, I referenced it earlier. We get to see my wife loves where we see it. They seem later in the movie where these poachers come and these poachers are going to they're throwing rocks at the bears. And Timmy's infuriated because people are being mean to his bears. But by law, Timmy cannot do anything. The minute he shows his face, he's going to get arrested. Right. So, like, what is exactly is he protecting? Exactly. And the other thing is they weren't poachers. He was in the public park. They were visitors to the park. But he hated anyone being there, you know, wrecking the illusion that it was just him protecting his animals. And they give you bear spray and rocks and say if a bear comes close enough to you throw a rock it'll go away like that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. um so yeah t- timmy was a little tad misguided <laughs> well, yeah, yeah okay and I, I do want to bring up something actually academic and not just mocking about this movie is that it's really fascinating in a way because it's never a hundred percent pro timmy or a hundred percent anti timmy it's kind of right in the middle Mm-hmm. And I was reading a fascinating review by Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert loved this documentary, but he said it because I love it because it's made by Werner Herzog, who is notorious for being kind of reckless and just rushing headlong into projects that are either going to be amazing or a disaster. So he's like, Timmy Treadwell and Werner Herzog deserved each other. And it's, it, it's like you cannot turn away from this documentary, even though you don't even know what the message is. It's just like two kindred spirits colliding in this, in this uh, you know, explosion of chaos. And we're just watching. Yes. And he does reference the message a couple times, but damned if I know what it is. I mean, um, the message, you know, what what we see in all the footage and the the, the footage is breathtaking. He did mm-hmm. get footage of bears and foxes that uh, unparalleled. But honestly, like watching a, a, a man touching a, a, a thousand pound 10 foot grizzly bear, right, is just He's I I just think that he's so lucky he made it 13 years and to push it. And clearly he didn't know um, that much about them because he I mean, did you remember when he cried when the bumblebee died? Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. There's a couple segments in the middle of the movie where a he gets in a fight with a fox. He loves his foxes. And one of the foxes takes his hat and Timmy runs after him. And it's this like screaming match with Timmy yelling at the fox, which is ridiculous. And now we get the scenes later in the movie where he sees all these dead animals. And it's like his emotional breakdown at seeing a dead bumblebee or a dead fox or a dead bear. He just cannot process that in his head. He doesn't get how nature works. I mean, clearly he's completely out of touch. And the, the, I mean, what would you diagnose him as? I just think he was suicidal. Yeah. To me, it's like watching a snuff film and it's kind of creepy in a way, but it's, it's undercut by this movie being so beautiful. Like you said, the footage Mm -hmm. is amazing and he's got this really great, amazing close up bear footage, but it's uncomfortable because it's a snuff film. You know, it's like a suicide note, this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, so. Again, I'm going to go back to the addict analogy because, you know, a lot of times addicts will say, I'm not suicidal, but my actions are. <laughs> the, the result's the same, right? So my intention wasn't to, you know, wasn't to kill myself, but I, I easily could have or whatever it may be. And I kind of think that was more Timmy's deal because I don't think I and he I know he said multiple times he this is how he wanted to die. He was fine dying this way he would be honored to be bear scat but i don't think it would have taken amy with him yeah it's it's weird he really spirals downward and now again he's nuts from the start yeah but he starts getting reckless and nuts later and like i i agree with the pilot the only tragedy is that the girl died too because she didn't have to right I think Timmy got the martyr's death that he wanted. That's all he wanted all along was to, I lived with the, with the bears and I died with them. And I think he probably hoped when his death came, it would be quick. And unfortunately it was not. It sounds like it was a very painful, horrible death and it has a very sad ending. But I do believe in a sense, this is what he wanted from the start. He just did not want to be part of the human world. No, he didn't. And, and that was, and I mean, that's why he ended up going back. And I think that that gesture, that last final gesture of going back, heavy into October in Alaska when the bears are getting, you know, their caches loaded up. He had to like, part of them had to know, you know, and he had that interaction and didn't like the people world. 
So. Right, let's let's not let's reiterate that one more time. The reason he died is because he got into an altercation with a gate agent at the airport in Alaska and was so angry over this altercation he went back to his death in a, with the bear land. As Brenda said, an overweight agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so some some uh, nitpicky airline agent was responsible for Timmy Treadwell's death because he wouldn't give him like a drink upgrade. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so again, Werner Herzog points out many times in the movie that Timmy Treadwell was trying to make a movie. He was becoming a director. He was the star of his own passion play. And, like, we'd see shots of Timmy, like, trying on different bandanas and different buffs. And, like, will this work with the background? Is the framing in the shot really good? So a lot of it's, like, I think in a way, Werner Herzog really admired Timmy in the way he was making a movie. And he kind of glossed over the fact that Timmy was fucking nuts. And it's kind of interesting he could just ignore that part. Right, right. Yeah, he did seem to ignore it. And Timmy, who wanted to be a movie star, ended up starring in his own movies, right? He was the he was the director, the producer, and the star. And he would do multiple takes, and he would do angry takes, and he would do different kinds of takes of himself, like, you know, like people do nowadays when they're putting things on whatever they do. He was he was one of the first reality TV stars. De- definitely. He was coach. He was coach before there was coach. <laughs> okay, let's get towards the end of the movie here. Uh, so we've, we've recapped basically about an hour of the movie. is about 20, 30 minutes left. And we, I want to get to the fight scene. This is one of the goofiest things I've ever seen in a movie where there's two bears fighting. And, and Timmy has nicknamed them. He's named every bear in Alaska. He knows every bear. And this is a fight between, do you remember the two bears that are fighting? Sergeant Brown and Mickey. Sergeant Brown battles Mickey, and if you recall, they're battling over the rights to a female. Do you remember the female's name they're fighting over? Tabitha. Tabitha? Wait, I have Saturn. Oh, Saturn, you're right. I'm sorry. Okay, well, good. Thank God. (laughs) I I, I would not forgive myself if I got my bear names wrong. (laughs) There's there's a fight between Sergeant Brown. Now, I don't know why he is determined that, that this brown bear is a sergeant in the army. (laughs) <laughs> like, why not Lieutenant or Private Brown? It's Sergeant Brown and Mickey. And Mr. Chocolate is just Mr. Just Mr. Does not have his degree yet. Dude does not have his degree, to quote Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so these two bears are fighting over Saturn, who Timmy describes as the Michelle Pfeiffer of bears. <laughs> so we're, we're really far down a rabbit hole of mental illness in this fight. <laughs> of transmorg, whatever you say that. Yeah. yeah. Timmy had the hearts for Saturn, who was a sexy, sexy bear. Well, Saturn and Wendy. Yeah, Wendy with the poop. We'll get to her next. So so Sergeant Brown wins the fight, as you would expect from a military veteran. He defeats Mickey. <laughs> and then Mickey afterwards is sulking because he's lost the bear fight. And we have footage of Timmy going over and consoling the bear. <laughs> <laughs> that just literally shat in the middle of a fight. I I have never seen a professional boxing match where one of the people shat in the middle. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. But Mickey does, and it leads to his downfall. So one of the goofiest scenes, this whole fight. So I listened to, I saw, do you ever listen to Joe Rogan? I've heard a couple of his podcasts, but not a lot. Did a, he, did a, he did a play-by-play of the wrestling match. <laughs> Wait, from this? Yes. Oh, oh, awesome. From Sergeant Brown and Mickey. Yeah, so he's like, it's jujitsu. So, so yeah, Sergeant Brown did the right thing by going in on the, you know, the hips. He definitely won. The, and, and he goes through each of the moves, <laughs> the wrestling moves. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sergeant he, Brown pulls off a suplex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mickey on the top rope. Oh, he falls. No, it's a superplex. The cowboy Bob Orton. He definitely won that one. (laughs) If you you enjoy watching bear fights, there's a great one in this. And then we get the poop scene. Right. Again, I I don't know how anybody could take this movie seriously with the poop scene where Timmy's just walking around one day and he sees a fresh pile of bear excretia. And it turns out it is from Wendy, one of his favorites. And he, he touches it and he's he's what is he? What will be the right word here? He's fondling it. Fondle. Fondling. He's fondling the poop because this was in her. This is her life, her poop. I can feel her life inside her through the poop. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And I love Wendy so much. She gave me Downey. She gave me Downey like he's the father. 
Oh, you know, maybe he was the father. Who knows what he was doing up there? I don't know. I don't want to judge Timmy Treadwell. No, no, no. There's no, I'm no judgment. It probably sounds like a little bit of judgment, but no judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're about to the end of the movie here. And this is where they give the tragic backstory of Timmy Treadwell. And I love this because of the cheers tie in, which always makes me laugh. I think you talked about it earlier that Timmy was a failed actor. He wanted to be an actor in Hollywood. And the legend that he told everyone is that he got an audition for Cheers and he finished second place to Woody Harrelson for the role of Woody. Yeah, he really is coach, isn't he? <laughs> he is. <laughs> he kind of started the whole Woody Harrelson thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. So yeah. That's that's the story. That's what Timmy's parents say. That's what Timmy would tell people. We have no idea if it's true because it's all secondhand. But apparently losing out to the role of Woody Boyd sent him spiraling into a world of bear depression where he has to go live in the woods now. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, and they interview his parents who he said had died. He told his closest friends that he was an orphan from Australia with a bad Australian accent. <laughs> So he would go and he said, he didn't really sound Australian. He sounded more like a Kennedy. (laughs) What? (laughs) The the famous Kennedys of Australia. (laughs) You know, they're they're hard to tell apart. Before the end of the decade, I will put a boomerang on a kangaroo. (laughs) That's pretty good. Thank you. That was was my first try. Yeah, that was good. Um, But anyway, so his parents are in Florida. Like, looking like anyone's parents. And, you know, didn't they just seem, like, so normal? And Yeah, I kind of felt like they were kind of over Timmy. They're like, yeah, Timmy was kind of a mess. We're not really sure what his deal was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was always a mess. He started drinking, then he was drinking more, and then he tried to smoke pot in my house, but I wouldn't let him. Anyway. So let's finish up this movie where... (laughs) There's lots of things of Timmy unintentionally doing things that sabotage, like unintentionally breaking the rules of nature, which I love. Like it just this, this is an unintentional comedy dream. This movie, like there's a scene where the, the, the stream where the salmon come for the bears to eat, the stream is like blocked. So he starts messing with the stream to make a new path. So the salmon can like, you're not supposed to be messing with the food chain, Timmy, but he's doing this. So his bears will get extra food. Like now you're now you're just being an asshole to the salmon, Timmy. Right, right. No, there had there hadn't been rain in two months. That was the backstory to that. So he tried to divert the stream so the salmon could go up it. So yeah, he he definitely um, was trying to manipulate nature. And then that was the scene when he started praying and yes. screaming. <laughs> He's pretty good in that scene. He makes me laugh. I like that scene. Mm-hmm. What, uh, Jesus boy, Christ man, Hindu arm thingy or whatever he says what's he yeah, hindu floaty thing floaty thing <laughs> yeah. please give me rain i need rain for my bears please and he's dancing around and doing a little chant yeah i mean he really really thinks that he is saving those bears he has really does i mean he's praying for them god god came in and gave him a hand you know Again, then it backs into my point here. I'm never sure if Werner, Werner is pro-Timmy or anti-Timmy because we'll have this thing about Timmy saying, I need to save my bears. I need to do this. I need to get them food. And we'll immediately cut to a park ranger who will say, yeah, about 160 bears are killed each year. It's sustainable. It works pretty well. Like, the bears are in no danger whatsoever. They never were, but Timmy thinks they were. So Timmy thinks he's making all this difference, and we keep cutting to all these experts that say, yeah, he made no difference at all. Right, and and actually made a difference, a harmful difference. Um, but And and the bears, where they where they do hunt, which is part of their, you know, part of how they live and part what however you feel about it they have three three thousand bears on the alaskan peninsula and they harvest what 140 something like that to Mm -hmm. keep to keep it to keep the population down to keep to keep nature going as it should be so there's enough but that wasn't the part that timmy was in he was in a part where people weren't allowed to touch the bears except for him (laughs) (laughs) way to go timmy yeah don't you hate that He's the second most successful Timmy after Timmy from South Park. <laughs> yeah, that's Timmy. That the bears thought that Timmy was Timmy. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was the problem. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so the end of the movie is just him spiraling more and more into mental illness and anger. He's getting more angry with society. He just doesn't like humans, and we get endless shots of him fighting with like the. Uh, 
the park rangers, which is hilarious because the rangers don't even know he's fighting with them. It's like Timmy yelling at them from off camera so they can't hear him. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's quite a fight, Timmy. And fuck you, this guy, and fuck you, that mother... I, he kept saying, I won. What did he say? I won? No, yeah. was... I'm, I'm a patriot. I'm a dissident. I beat your fucking asses. Fuck you, Park Service. I beat you. I beat you. I beat you. He, that's what he said over and over again. I beat you. Yeah. And the park rangers are like, isn't that guy dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's still here. <laughs> All right, so here we go to the end of the movie, the very end, where his friends have received the last remaining garbage bags of Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, the end. Stop. I know. Stop laughing at my jokes. I can't. <laughs> so, so they have cremated him, and they have the watch that has gone through the bear's anus, and that's their tribute. And they go and they spread his ashes into his last, his last campsite. Uh-huh. And this is where we hear about his last days, and there's... <laughs> There, we get some really chilling footage. It's like Timmy's very last video, the day that he died or right before he died. And he's talking about, you know, it's so dangerous up here, but I found a way. I survived. And it's like you literally see him in his death site where he's going to be found in a couple hours dead. And then we show there's like a shot of a bear who's just looking at him with like the most casual indifference. Couldn't care less about him. And we know that's the bear that's going to kill him later. Right. Yeah. It's it's creepy it is creepy it's super creepy it's are we selling this movie as something people should watch do you think (laughs) i hope so because it's a spectacle yeah i mean you can watch it because it's sad you can watch it because it's tragic you can watch it because it's unintentionally hilarious you can watch it because it's a spectacle it's just goofy it's but it is fascinating you can't turn away so i hope we're selling this to you somehow yeah i do (laughs) i do too It, it really is it's it's awesome and and watching it over and over again i think has just made me find more humor in it than maybe is intended um (laughs) yeah well i mean i always i'm a comedian so i will always look for stuff that's funny or unintentionally funny and this one jumped out at me but like i i mentioned the other day we're doing grizzly man and someone said oh that movie's so sad and i'm like that's not really the word that i'd use i mean it is sad but that's not my overwhelming reaction to it and like my wife thinks it's one of the funniest things ever because it's so ridiculous. Right. I don't. I don't think it's sad. I think it's sad because, you know, Amy had to die. Um, yeah. Or Amy died. That was her, she did have a choice in it. But it, but I think it's like, um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? There's a lot of the story that's just ridiculous. And I don't know what the other 98 hours of footage are. Like, maybe it's very much like Survivor, where there's a million different stories in there, and this is the one we're shown. But I kind of don't think so. (laughs) Previously on Grizzly Man. (laughs) Wendy just, Wendy just pooped. Yes, Timmy went on a date with Wendy, but he was confronted by an angry Mr. Chocolate. But yeah, there's <laughs> this whole movie is Timmy making up a little paper doll world of all these bears that he has attributed names and characteristics and you know attributes to, and the foxes. I can there's actually probably more footage of foxes than bears in the movie, so I kind of forget about that. Shadow is that the fox's name? Oh, there's a whole shadow and ghost, and then there's Timmy and there's spirit and. Spirit was the one who took the the little fucker who took the hat. Wait, wait, he named one of the foxes Timmy after himself? Yes, Timmy the fox, yeah. Okay, so now we're really anthropomorphic, yeah, whatever that word is, where, where he starts projecting that he is the fox. Right, and the fox is him. Thank you for being my friend. I love you, Timmy. <laughs> Timmy the fox. And the foxes are adorable. They're I have to adorable. Say, in this movie, I love the foxes. Mm-hmm. If this movie had been Fox Man, he probably would not have died. No. <laughs> he got licked to death. Yeah. Note to self, if you're going to go live in nature, live next to an animal you could probably beat in a fight. Oh, God. And get away from it. Like. I'm proud to say I spent 14 summers in the desert, and they call me Tortoise Man, and I was never eaten alive, so it was wonderful. The tortoises were very nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's It's... I mean, it is tragic, and I, well, tragedy and comedy are very closely related, right? It's such a fine line, right, in this movie. Such a fine line. And the irony is just, like, ridiculously off the charts. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Timmy foreshadows his own death many times in the movie. And his friends even say, oh, I couldn't believe he was still alive. Like, I was expecting him to die. <laughs> so, so anyway, let's, we're about to wrap this up. We've gone about an hour, which is about all you can say in Grizzly Man. It's, <laughs> I don't know how many more bear poop jokes we can make. But give me, like, your top three things about this movie. Like, when you watch it, what three things stand out is just you love about this movie? Well, obviously, the footage is just amazing. It It's unparalleled. I said that before. It's mm-hmm. worth it for that. I think he's a fascinating, or was a fascinating man, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and he's mesmerizing. Like, you kind of can't take... And I think, I think the unintentional comedy part, just <laughs> the side characters who are just so... Like, they're, they're like something written, written out of Northern Exposure. Did you ever watch Northern Exposure? I did not, but I know of it. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just so, surreal. Like, it's surreal. It's stereotypical. It's, they seem like cartoon characters. Um, there's a, and there's a little bit of everything in it. And, and every time I watched it, I saw, I saw something else. So, and I would watch it again. I mean, I've seen it probably ten times now. Oh, yeah. I own this. This is one of the few documentaries I own just because it's so rewatchable. And I'm kicking myself right now because I've never shown this to my daughter. Oh, you have to. I just right off the top of my head, I'm realizing now she's never seen this. Oh, my God. Oh, you have to. The only thing this movie needs and doesn't have is they need interviews with some of the bears like Mr. Chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) After 10 years after Timmy's death, we interview Mr. Chocolate. And he's like got his little reading glasses on. And he's like, I really like Timmy. Timmy was a good bloke. Like, maybe I like to think he has, like, a British accent. Like, <laughs> and go out and promote a rematch between Sergeant Brown and, what was the name, Sergeant? Mickey, I believe. Was it Mickey? Mickey. Sergeant Brown and Mickey, yeah, rematch. Wait, and who was the Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh, now I have to look up the, she was Saturn. Saturn was the Michelle Pfeiffer, who I believe is still single. <laughs> I, I have to check my bear, my bear gossip columns, but I'm not sure. And they, and actually they, they, the reason Amy and Timmy wanted to go back aside from the fight with the TSA person was um, because they hadn't seen one of their favorite bears, Melissa, I think it was. And so <laughs> they wanted to check on Melissa. So Melissa got them killed. It was the gate agent and Mel- that, that bear bitch. <laughs> Double teamed. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. So, okay, one, one last thing before we sign off is like there's all this thing in the, in the movie about how Timmy was a movie star. He had movie star looks and he had all this charisma. As a female, was Timmy attractive? Would you like? Would you? Would do you think that that argument holds water that he w- could have been a movie star? No. <laughs> what? No, I thought you'd think about that a little longer. No, no. I mean, first of all, his voice was like a combination of Elmo and Mr. Garrison from South Park. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> when he spoke, his voice was unbelievably like. I don't even know how to set how to how to do it, but like we have mentioned his voice, right? We have not yet. Yeah, this is the first time you've brought it up that he talks like Elmo. <laughs> and Mr. Garrison. Hello, boys and girls. You know, so it's <laughs> Oh boy, I can't wait for our first shore leave so I can get me some fucking poontang. So th- there's that. And and I mean like maybe like knowing my history I probably would have dated him. <laughs> But oh, oh, that's a, I sure that's a lot of backstory behind that one. Oh God, yeah. But um, but no, I didn't. I don't think so. I mean, he he was he was definitely charismatic when he was the only one out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great when you have no competition. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, no, I don't I don't think so. I think that, I think the voice would have just made me no, <laughs> I couldn't deal with that. Yeah, it's killing me because I have a cold, so I can't start imitating him. But yeah, he has a real high voice, and it's like Mr. Garrison, like. Like, uh, okay, so Sergeant Brown, you beat Mickey in a fight, okay? Like, stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> wow, what a, what an amazing, spectacular smorgasbord of a movie that I would love. I, I would, I could not recommend this more highly. If you just want to take a chance on a weird-ass movie that will sit in your head and you'll never forget, watch Grizzly Man, the documentary from 2005, with Werner Herzog doing his German voiceover that you will not, you will unintentionally laugh at almost every time because it doesn't fit the story it does not fit no it doesn't and it's what it's a it's a great movie and i'm sorry if i offended anybody (laughs) timmy get down (laughs) stop stop get to the chopper (laughs) 
If only the chopper would have got there faster, you're not going to have been eaten by the bear. <laughs> the bear. Oh man! Anything else, Leanne, that you have to add about this wonderful movie? No, I think I've done enough. I think I've said enough. Yeah, you've done enough damage. I think I have. we will. We will. We will uh, I, I really, really hope none of Timmy Treadwell's friends listen to this. I, I apologize. I understand his story was tragic and beautiful, but this is a goofy movie made about a possibly tragic and beautiful story. Yes, and I, and I do think. If his friends and family are watching, I, I think I would still say the same thing because I kind of think he went the way he wanted to. They might not disagree with us, to be honest. It doesn't sound like they would. From what, <laughs> anyway, okay. Okay, again, I will send you guys off to go list to go watch Grizzly Man, track it down wherever you can find it. It's definitely worth it. I bought it on DVD, and I believe it's worth owning. But again, my name is Mario Lanza. This is Staff Picks. If you need to reach me, you can reach me at staffpickspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Mario J. Lanza. And until next time, I'll be out there looking for movies that deserve more love, and I'll find somebody interesting to come on and talk about them. Until then, watch out for the bears, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Feel the poop. It's warm. It just came. It just came from her butt. This was just inside of her. My girl. I'm touching. It's her poop. It's Wendy's poop. <laughs>